0: Salutations! Welcome to Spiritual Blitherings, Philosophical Ponderings, and Everything Ramblings at the Hopeful Humanist Cafe. This is a Just Some Guy production. I'm that guy, your host, Steve, the Hopeful Humanist. We're going to talk about ideas and flow of the good life and some resources for our spiritual toolbox. Let's see how this reading might set the tone for this little sharing. It is from Thich Nhat Hanh. Surprise, surprise. It's a short one, but I find it to be a quite powerful and inspiring. Uh, something you might want to uh, recite to yourself in the morning after you get up and uh, you do something like this. Open up the uh, curtain. Open up the curtains and look outside. And right now I'm able to see The changing autumn leaves. It's beautiful. It seems like we have a nice day before us. So, waking up this morning, I smile. 24 brand new hours are before me. I vow to live fully in each moment and to look at all beings with eyes of love. What a great way to start off one of the days of our Thanksgiving long weekend. Happy Thanksgiving. Santé, as they say in French, to your health. I'm actually having an espresso coffee this morning. I, I seldom have coffee, but I do have my backup here of chamomile tea. But I thought I'd do something different. So, harvesting seeds of mindfulness. I thought I would start off with a little bit of a free association. And I invite you to do uh, this as well. You know, thinking about Thanksgiving. Let's kind of maybe put the episode on pause and get out a pen. and Write down some words that seem to just be connected with Thanksgiving. For me, my Thanksgiving free association uh, for this episode starts now. Um expectancies. Non sequitur. Interbeing wellness. Self care. Optimism. Gratitude. Chestnuts. Hey, why not have a chestnut fight? Start a new tradition. Self actualization. Espresso coffee, family, laughing, talking, conversations, togetherness, good food, good smells, smiles, joy. Yeah, those are some of the things that uh, they come to mind when I think about Thanksgiving. I feel good, I mean, uh, sharing that little free association list. I'm thinking the same might be true for you as you created your little list. I, I think that uh, free associations are really nice ways to start off conversations. I think it fits in with this uh, Buddhist concept of interdependent co-arising. And, and, and this um, idea, which I'm not going to get into, it's a big one. It's it's more or less this idea that all things, in a sense, are in themselves um, causes and um, events, um, outcomes, effects, right? And so sometimes we might get a little too linear and, and, and see certain associations that seem to be apparent that jump out at us and we forget. We, we, we don't see what's happening in the background and all the other things that have to be in place for uh, these co-arisings to take place. So when I shared my free association list for Thanksgiving in this episode, um, I guess I'm mindful that uh, things aren't necessarily unfolding the way we, most of us would like them to. I think, uh, you know, here in Ontario, because we are now in a second wave Um, in terms of uh, COVID-19 infections being on the increase. Uh, There are additional measures that are taking place again that uh, we need to uh, embrace, we need to follow to keep ourselves physically safe. At at times, though, it seems like we uh, sometimes put uh, an emphasis on one thing uh, and rightly so, but perhaps some other things are overlooked in the process, and and it's either like you know, um, are are we going to uh, put a priority on physical health, um, or uh, are we going to put a priority on mental health? And I think the two uh, co-arise, <laughs> interdependent co-arising. There we go. Um, and so we really need to be to be mindful about both of those things. And because we're doing everything we need to do to be physically healthy, um, some of those requirements, some of those really big asks are creating a real vulnerability for others, I think for all of us, in terms of our uh, mental health, in terms of our well-being um, in in a total sense that includes uh, recognition of the importance of mental health. And so, I mean, right now, There are some things that we're probably feeling, knowing that we had these expectancies. So I guess I'm going to just digress just for a moment and just kind of uh, share uh, where I got this idea from of uh, expectancies. I think I've gone beyond the, the theory itself as it has been presented by this gentleman called... Kurt Lewin, um, who was with us from 1890 to 1947, and he came up with this thing called Expectancy Value Theory, and uh, how it's related to um, the idea of motivation. And in terms of expectancy value theory, when I became aware of some of the studies that he did based on this theory he constructed, I walked away with a kind of, you know, take it and make it your own, kind of. um, I had one of those moments, and I walked away with this idea of of, of expectancies and that we go through life with expectancies. And I believe we have a number of expectancies uh, about um, different events uh, that unfold in our lives. And and one of these would be Thanksgiving. We have expectancies. Um, But in terms of the way uh, Kurt Lewin uh, proposed this expectancy-value theory, uh, he said that uh, an expectancy, um, so he has a kind of a, he goes in a different direction with what an expectancy is, is an individual's judgment on their own capabilities uh, to do something. Um, it answers the questions, can I do this task? Uh, and then in, in terms of a value, says a value is an individual's belief about the importance of something Or the reasons why they may engage in certain tasks and it answers the question do i want to do this task right so when i became aware and i believe he did stuff like he got people to start different activities and before they were able to finish the activity he asked them to stop it was this um, planned interruption and it resulted in a lot of people uh, during the study feeling this thing called frustration (laughs) they weren't ever able to complete a task and when their efforts were thwarted, they started to experience these things called frustration, this feeling called frustration. And so when we we kind of, we can take this idea, I think, of expectancy value theory and say, you know, there's this event coming up called Thanksgiving. We're all excited about it. But uh, this this event has, um, in a sense, thwarted our uh, usual experience with this uh, Long weekend, and uh, instead of like families coming together, families having um, dinner and conversation and laughing, uh, we are unable to do that. We are, I think, in experiencing a loss during this really um, precious interbeing wellness um, moment that we call. Thanksgiving. And so, yeah, people are feeling frustrated. They're feeling isolated. They're feeling alone. They're feeling disconnected. And, and perhaps with all these measures uh, and all uh, the different uh, things we've been attempting to do since March, maybe some people are actually getting angry. Uh, maybe they're getting sick and tired of being sick and tired. And so this this is uh, something I think that we're kind of up against right now, that we had uh, or we have expectancies uh, about Thanksgiving. We have hopes and desires about how this, this event would have unfolded. And because we have these uh, hopes and desires and um, expectancies about how things are going to unfold, we get a sense of certainty uh, about you know, the way life is and can be. We we feel safe. It's a it's a compass. It orients us in terms of our movement through life, in terms of our movement through the year, and and it marks an occasion where we we're celebrating something that's really important to us, and that's the the idea of connecting this family, and we're doing it around uh, the dinner table, and and perhaps we're watching like a, some traditional family shows together, and it's just a real precious thing. So we can see now that we're we're at a difficult point and, and we're going to have to be creative and we're going to have to engage in something that's going to allow us to uh, take care of ourselves. So now I'd just like to invite you to take a moment to write down uh, for yourself, kind of put the episode on pause and write down for yourself uh, what you think would be a good definition for self care. So this is something I talk about at length, um, I, I go back to, it's always in the, the background of every conversation, especially when you're working in the helping field, you need to do things that can allow you to replenish yourself because you need to be able to offer something and, and that thing that we're offering ourselves as, as, a, as a resource, as a, a place of hope, as a, um, a dependable uh, support. We can't do that if we don't replenish ourselves, if we don't take care of ourselves. So what would you think would be a good definition for self-care? And sometimes to figure out what self-care is, if we're struggling with that, to put it into words, like we have this intuitive sense of what it is. But if we're struggling to put it into words, sometimes a good starting point is to describe what it is not. You know, well, it's not this. So if you've taken a moment um, and you've paused and you wrote down a definition, I'd like to share um, from an article entitled What Self-Care Is and What It Isn't um, a Definition. And I'll have that link in the show notes. What is self-care? Self-care is any activity that we do deliberately in order to take care of our mental, emotional, and physical health. Although it's a simple concept in theory, it's something we very often overlook. Good self-care is key to improved mood and reduced anxiety. It's also key to a good relationship with oneself and with others. Okay, so what are some things that we might need to do, we might need to practice in order to bring good health into our lives because we're up against some really difficult uh, feelings because of the reality that COVID-19 has presented in terms of this Disruption in family, the disruption in connection. Well, I, uh, I started to read this book that I've been referencing um, for the last uh, number of episodes. I started reading it, I think, around four weeks ago. For me, I, I, I don't rush to try to get through a book. I try to savor it and um, just sit in thoughts for a while and right now I guess I I was thinking about the fact that uh, without effort it's it's going to be quite easy for most of us to not be doing well right now the circumstances have been established uh, as such that uh, it's going to be difficult to be healthy right now I've shared that many times before it's hard to be healthy in this world the uh, pace of uh, living, uh, we move at an accelerated pace, it's unsustainable, we have too many things on our plate, uh, we share that each and every one of us is uh, three steps away or less from perhaps a breakdown, and uh, so I, I just want to highlight some um, ideas connected to this idea of store consciousness, mind consciousness, that could hopefully allow us to Engage in this thing called flower watering where we selectively water seeds of mindfulness as opposed to seeds of affliction. I think it's you know on the surface a, uh, a simple concept, but I think that uh, because I'm, I'm new to uh, exploring the the expansiveness of uh, Buddhist thinking that uh, some people would correctly say that um, what, I'm, what I'm offering here is definitely an oversimplification. But I think sometimes starting from something quite simple is a great first step before we dive into the depths of something. So yeah, I, I'm going to just share with you the, the idea of this model of thinking, um, this frame uh, of thought. And, and share how I felt that kind of overlapped with my experience of uh, this Thanksgiving weekend. So in terms of uh, store consciousness, mind, mind consciousness, there there's this kind of conceptualization that each and every one of us, the Buddha included, enlightened souls and self-actualized souls alike, um, have within us a a part of consciousness that we could we could identify or call store consciousness and in this uh, part of our consciousness there are seeds seeds of affliction and seeds of mindfulness and as i said it, it, there are seeds of affliction and seeds of mindfulness in all souls alike enlightened or not and so this was the challenge that the Buddha himself was up against, that he had, as well, seeds of affliction. So these seeds uh, are, in a sense, dormant. And we can imagine the store consciousness as being uh, a garden and that there are all these seeds that, are, that have been planted in the garden. And they're dormant. But there are things that could happen, um, like uh, the sun can come, and water could fall, and it will water some of the seeds that are stored in our consciousness. And sometimes the uh, things that are watered would be seeds of affliction, and sometimes the things that are watered would be seeds of mindfulness. Now often, because we don't have mindful practices in in place, instead of living proactively and deliberately, uh, consciously, sometimes our lives are more reactive, we're more on automatic pilot, and we might see that seeds of affliction are being watered and nurtured. So these dormant seeds of affliction, like disappointment, like isolation, bitterness, sick and tired of being sick and tired because of this COVID-19 reality, they're watered and they grow and they stretch and they grow out into mind consciousness, and they establish them, uh, as the Buddhists would say, as a mental formation that we can then recognize, we're conscious of, we experience it as a feeling, as a perception. And that this then can, because it's powerful if we're not careful, can then start to shape the way we move through the world, how we affect other people the things that we do, right? All of a sudden, uh, if we're having a struggle point, uh, we might find ourselves reaching out for certain substances to try to ease the pain, which then can create a downward spiral and a whole bunch of other afflictions, like the affliction of job loss, because you're not going to work, because you've perhaps drank too much and uh, or nursing a hangover the next day. So th- these are things, I think, that often, um, if we're not careful, seeds of affliction are, are quite easily watered. Now, the practice of mindfulness is, you know, this idea of directing effort, right? Right, diligence, right, effort towards mindfulness concentration, meditation, and that when we do these things, if a seed of affliction has established itself as a mental formation in our mind consciousness, what we need to do is selectively water, flower water, seeds of mindfulness. And, and I've mentioned some of these seeds, like the seed of gratitude, the seed of flexibility, recognizing that Thanksgiving might not unfold the way we want it to unfold. Uh, the uh, seed of creativity, starting a new tradition, perhaps having a chestnut fight competition or tournament in the little stadium pits that we make outside our houses on our front lawns. uh, We might want to uh, water the seed of letting go, letting go of um, our preconceived ideas of what Thanksgiving should be about and the starting of new traditions. Uh, We might want to water, selectively water, the seed of optimism. And we can do that by finding something we're passionate about and pouring ourselves into it and practicing gratitude, reminding ourselves of things that we're thankful for and uh, watering the seed of connectedness. If we practice mindfulness and we water these seeds of mindfulness, they too can reach upward. Into mind consciousness, and mindfulness then becomes uh, an energy that can embrace the energy of affliction and restore us and create a a place of inner peace. I just find this fascinating, and I, I thought that you know it was it's something that perhaps could be really helpful to share during the Thanksgiving day long weekend where things might not look like they usually look, but if we flower water, selectively water, the seeds of gratitude, like right now, if we're honest with ourselves, if we embrace that mindfulness, we we should be able to identify concretely, specifically with detail, those things that bring us joy and gratitude. And if we water that seed of creativity, well, first water the seed of letting go, the uh, the idea of the way things should be because of our expectancies. And we're compassionate with ourselves. We realize that we have these expectancies because these hopes and desires allow us to have a sense of what to expect so we can navigate this world. When it becomes difficult, and it can create safety and a sense of certainty in a world where we should never forget the Serenity Prayer, and and perhaps we might create some new traditions, or we might establish uh, different ways of experiencing connectedness. This would be a way of fostering that interbeing wellness that I talked about previously in another episode. Now I'm personally looking forward to diving a little bit more deeply into this idea of store consciousness, mind consciousness, as it relates to all the different Buddhist psychological ideas. But I think there's a place for that first step this initial discussion, the planting of the first seed, the tip of the iceberg conversation. And I'm hoping that it might inspire those listening to really dive deeply and to explore what self-care might mean to you and how it can manifest itself. and to be aware of those expectancies that might hold us back or might create a overpowering sour note for what otherwise could be an amazing long weekend that just takes an unexpected form, a form that we didn't anticipate, but a form that's nonetheless beautiful. There are things that we can do that if we do them, will allow us to water the seeds of mindfulness and to experience joy in this here now moment. And there are things that if we do them will extinguish the possibility that we might water the seeds of mindfulness in this moment. So I am encouraged to embrace some creativity, some flexibility, some optimism and to let go of my thoughts about what this day should be and recognize that it's a beautiful day and that this day can be a wondrous day, Uh, that the present moment is a wondrous moment. I'm going to include uh, some different links in the show notes uh, for you to check out. But ultimately, this moment was about one soul sending out some warm fuzzies to some other souls during this Thanksgiving day-long weekend, and the hopes that we still might find our smile, we still might have some wonderful conversations, that there's a hearty meal waiting one way or another um, even if it happens to be a form of uh, stone soup um, because we're just taking what we have and making uh, something unique uh, because it's the leftovers that are in the fridge and that you might do something just to reach out and to Share yourself in a moment of kindness with someone else. Thanks for joining me. Peace, take care, be well, and share.